Google there. Good. Right. Uh, so, Fabulous Great Story, the next with Ike Odina. There you go. I'll go with that as pronunciation. I'll, I'll take it. Um, and we start uh, where we always start, which is uh, form formative context. What was you, Where are you coming from originally? I'm originally from Nigeria. Um, it's not given away my accent. Spent most of my formative years in uh, South London, South East London. Um, so grew up, well, I actually grew up in North London in the shadow of the uh, Ivory Stadium. So, right. so I'm a North London lad. Um, so family moved over when you were young? or no, Yeah, my mum and dad moved over, um, but I was born in the UK. Okay. I was born in the UK. Um, left when I was 11. Left when I was 11. Went back to Lagos, Nigeria. High school and university out there. Went back to UK to do my master's and here I am. So, was it? Uh, were you happy to be going back to Lagos when you went? Um, it's that. It's that, uh, it's that uh, chestnut. Um, my parents weren't happy under the circumstances. Well, he's 11 years old, so I just finished my 11 plus exams. Um, I did pretty well, uh, but unfortunately, my parents perceived it as a racist um, situation and they didn't like it at all. Uh, I was accepted in the school, but put on a waiting list. Uh, I'm not going to obviously not, not going to name the school, yeah. but um, I was very disappointed because I'd set myself up to go to this school. A couple of my really good buddies were going there as well. So we had it all planned out. Yeah, um, but uh, it just didn't work out. So mum and dad thought, well, if this is what it's going to be like before you start, I'm not really up for a fight in this, like this, you know. So we opted, uh, I say we, <laughs> they opted uh, for the lesser of two evils, as it were. And so um, the journey back to Lagos. So I went to my dad's alma mater, which was I'm quite happy with that. He went to a pretty good school out there. Uh, I had a great time in school. Don't think I was ever settled okay. in Nigeria. Um, Did your accent mark you out back there? Thankfully, there were quite a few okay. other lads in school who similar sorts of. So it, that wasn't that wasn't that was okay. Yeah. It's okay. Um, so high school was was yeah. quite quite good actually. Um, Christian family. Yep. Yep. Um, quite strong Christian family. So I was born into a Church of England family. Mm -hmm. uh, remember going to uh, as a choir boy, and. Um, yeah, we used to go, my brother and I would go to practice on a Saturday morning. Um, on a Saturday morning for Sunday services. Uh, Dad was in the choir as well. So, yeah, we were quite into the into church. Uh, yeah. yeah. Baptised as an infant and then confirmed? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, all that. Yes, did all that. Yes, yes, indeed. So, baptised as, as an infant, confirmed again just before we left here. Mm. That's the UK to go back to to Lagos. My brother was, I say, was he's he's late. He was four years younger than me. Um, 
So we went to, he wasn't quite confirmed yet. So his confirmation was in Lagos, Nigeria. But mine was here before we left. I remember going to the classes. <laughs> I was thinking, oh, read this, read that. But it was, you know, I still, it's kind of things you still remember. Mm. You know, um, growing up, um, I was talking to somebody today and a story that always sticks to mind for me is Abraham. You know, that faithful story of Abraham being asked to take care of, well, I say take take Isaac out of the picture, as it were. And his, his faithfulness, you know, believing that God would have something else for him. And, and I remember drawing a picture. It was an Anari lesson. I remember drawing a picture. And I remember my teacher, he's a very robust gentleman. Um, he sits late as well. But yeah, that's it just sticks with me till this very day. And that's, ooh, you know, 40 plus years ago. So, yeah, yeah. So within all that that journey, what are there any particularly uh, rememberable um, formative events in terms of your faith as you were going through stages of childhood, teenager, young adult? I think it is the story of faith itself. I think, and this is God's faithfulness. Um, to many, it might come across as I say when I think about it myself, it's almost a I won't say boring, but set um, but for me it, it talks about God's consistency and I think that's what I need in my life I need that stability I need that consistency and so and I believe God knows what each of us needs and he's he's done that in me so I look back at my own life and I think wow that's that and you can see the progress so I think about this particular accident. I was on a, on a, on, a, on a highway in Lagos. And I, was, I was going to school that morning actually, and it was one morning that I didn't go the way I'd normally go. So what would normally happen is that my dad would take me to his office, and they had a, a jetty, and so we'd take a I'd take a speedboat. To, across the jetty, across the uh, marina, to school every morning. So it's a lovely way of going to school as a, as a 13, 14 year old. It's very, very nice. But, um, but I didn't go that way. So for some reason, there's a change in plan. And we had an accident. I said, we, i gone by myself. I had an accident. And I walked away from that accident. You know, the central reservation, I sort of found myself sitting there, 13 or 14 years old. Car looked a mess. And I was sitting there, not a scratch on me. Mm. I just just couldn't work it out. And there have been sort of things like that throughout, just God reminding me that I'm here for you. I'm here with you. And that's it. That's been enough for me. I remember somebody saying, this is a senior at school, he was a head boy or something, and he said to me, um, because at school, I went to Methodist Boys High School, so Methodism was song and hymns and everything. So, so again, the church was very much a big thing at school as well. And I remember him saying to me, if he were going to change my name, he'd call me Peter, or The Rock. And I thought, why? And obviously, he'd seen that sort of, and I thought, that's not me, that's obviously God. 
in me. You know, there is something solid and about him in me. And I so that's that's in me. Um, and those are my those are my formative and more recent memories of that God's faithfulness in my life. When doing undergraduate and then master study, was that towards therapy? Was therapy always the the goal? That's an interesting one. <laughs> um so well, I, I went to university to study medicine. Okay. Uh, so I first year was uh, pre-med. And I remember doing an anatomy exam just before the anatomy exam, just the Christmas before, I remember having half a skeleton as I was trying to memorize the attachments of muscles and this and that. And I thought, oh God, and Christmas, the campus is empty because everyone's gone home. And my parents sort of came to visit because about 200 kilometers from, from Lagos. Parents came to visit. It was all quiet and I could hear them walking down the corridor. That's stuff in a uh, and they walked in and saw half a skeleton on my bed. And my mom thought, oh, my God. <laughs> you know. Um, I like science. I, I love science. Um, I remember going home in the July of that year, you know, June, July, and saying to mum and dad, I'd have a great bedside manner, but that's about, that's about it, really. <laughs> that's really about it, you know. Um and I had to sell the idea of wanting to do psychotherapy. Right. Um, as a child, I think I was always curious. I used to love having these conversations with my dad. Very philosophical conversations. Um, why? Who? Who am I? What am I? Death, this, that, and lovely conversations. And typically, like men, you know, we're in the car. So he's never looking at me. We're, <laughs> you know, um, my mum, she'd sit face to face. Uh, but I used to have, love having those conversations with him. So asking questions was something, being curious was something that I wasn't a stranger to. And, and I liked looking for answers. And then human beings, finding out the answers from human beings was even much more, much more interesting. Um, so yes, my first year was pre-med. Um, I asked, sort of came home and said, look, I don't think I want to do this. Sold the idea of um, psychotherapy, but I knew I had to go, the, the route I had to go through was via psychology. So I did a first degree in psychology and then psychotherapy came later on as a master's. And that was back over here? That's back over here. You're back in London? Back in London, yes. Back in London at uh, Regent University. So, yeah. So, and that was, and I studied a master's in psychotherapy and counselling and it's existential which was perfect. <laughs> I loved all the <laughs> philosophical stuff, you know, Descartes and Kierkegaard. And it was lovely, it was lovely, it was lovely. We could ask, ask all those questions. I remember my, um, my, my thesis was on Jesus being the, the ultimate counsellor. Um, and I think that's been important for me, having being able to live out my faith. You know, there's a lovely scripture about not being ashamed of your your faith and in a quiet way I like to live that out I might not go around bashing people over the head with the bible but there's something in me that wants them wants me to hear those words you know there's something different about it. so that was a secular degree and you were allowed to do that as your 
I kind of put my head a bit of fighting to do. <laughs> I had a supervisor that was, uh, yeah, she took some convincing. <laughs> but it was great. It was great. It yeah. was great. And I said, well, if I can't do that here, where am I going to do that? You know, and as therapists, we're supposed to be open and accepting of the human of human nature, whatever humanity presents. You know, so uh, I kind of use that as a, a way of getting through this. Yeah. And so you've been practicing ever since. Has that been the that's uh, been the career practicing uh, and teaching actually? So I got into teaching. I've been practicing since makes a few old now. Nice. <laughs> 1996. I mean, really, that's almost 27 years, 27, 28 years now. And I, I tell everyone, it's been fun every minute of the way. Every minute of the way, because no two clients are the same. And that is the beauty of, of this. Um, I keep my curiosity. I have to curtail it sometimes because I have to ask the question, is it for me or is it for the client? But essentially, I can be curious. The profession allows for that curiosity because it's helping that individual ultimately to move forward from wherever they are. Um, got into teaching about four or five years later, about 2000, 2001, um, started teaching counseling sort of different levels, level two, three, four, and so on and so forth. And it just kept moving up. So it's great. It's great. Yeah. I get the impression you can correct me that a lot of people go into psychotherapy from some kind of broken background themselves and wanting to, to then go and help. Mm. Would you say that you're relatively unique in having that kind of stability coming into the profession? How does that? You're thinking about it, yes, I, I, I'd like to. I'd like to think that because it's not. I remember going for my first, uh, as most of my students here we, we, you know we have they have to have hours of therapy mm -hmm. uh, personal therapy and and I've, sh I've shared this with them but you know i got into my first therapy sessions and i what am i going to talk about what on earth am i going to talk about what on earth am i going to talk about and it was it was very much like that you know we managed to talk about a few things but i don't recall any trauma home was stable you know and i i Feel really blessed for that. Um, we worked through stuff. We talked through stuff. We, we had our challenges as a family. Um, when I think about it, I think most of our challenges were more physical, um, as opposed to emotional. Mm. Um, one of the a big trauma that I say trauma, yeah, I guess it is a trauma. Uh, one of big thing that really hit us and I remember my mom's especially we obviously leaving the UK going back to Lagos this was 1976 um got all our bits ready put them on uh, a nice liner or freight leg cargo cargo ship and um we had to go in in pairs I was starting school in September so my dad and I came over, went over in um, in July. My brother came a little bit later with mum. So dad and I are waiting for all our luggage, all our, everything that we owned. And we're sitting there waiting. We were told three, four weeks, three, four weeks passed by. Another three, four weeks passed by. 
Another three, four weeks passed by. The car arrived. Okay, that gave us a bit of hope. Um, long and short of it, our stuff ended up in Malta and completely destroyed. So everything we had, yeah. And a thing that sort of hits me is that um, I remember for my 11th birthday, my godfather had bought me the complete works of Shakespeare. My mum said, oh, you're going to have to hold on to this because it's in the middle of the year. So hold on to this. Don't read it quite yet. So it was still in mint condition. I never got to read that. You know, it's things like that. But still sort of, you know, there were things in there that just... And I remember, when I get to the guest, this is, this is where, you know, you, you see and hear the trauma. I remember my brother and I, this is in Lagos now, mucking around like, like you know, lads do. And uh, playing around silly in the house rather than in the garden outside. And um, we accidentally broke a clock. And it was the only thing, now we think about it now, we both understand, but it was the only thing that arrived from the stuff my mother had put so painstakingly put together. She was wonderful at organizing things with crates here and this and that. So she'd put some bits and pieces in the boot of the car. So that arrived, it was a clock. And I still remember it was, had, you know, the stars and it's a very simple clock, but we broke it. And she went nuts. She just didn't want to talk to us. Wait till your father gets home, that sort of thing. You know, and I just remember she went for a walk. And it was a different kind of walk, you know, because yeah. mom doesn't normally do that. <laughs> Dad got back early and he thought, Dad, mom's gone for a walk. So what did you lads do? Evidence was on the dining table. <laughs> oh dear. And he got it straight away. You know, you guys, do you realize what you've done? It's probably one of the only few items that arrived. And you guys have gone and broken that. Do you know what that means to mom and so on and so forth? So and I think that's the sort of thing that's, you know, sort of fast forward my own emotional well-being and emotional understanding, you know, that things affect people in different ways. They might not say very much, but their behavior, you know, so I could see these two people, these two people, you know, they're keeping it together for these two lads. But this, this is everything that they work so hard for. And it's all gone all gone. I thought, wow. I'm going to fast forward even more to my own life now, because a very similar thing has happened in my own life in a, in a recent decade. You know how you put your stuff in storage? Yeah, so my wife, dear wife and I and my daughter, we put some stuff in storage and a storage unit in flames. So there are things that I've got. So it just reminded me of, oh, this is what they've gone through, you know. Um, but, you know, that, that's, and I think it's one of those things, when I say it's physical, I think just God reminding us that human beings are more important than things that you can acquire, things that you can pick up, things that you can, yes, they've got sentimental value, but human beings are more important. So... Yeah, I don't know how I got there, but uh, <laughs> yeah, good. Um, what about church Are you still in the Methodist churches, or are you? No, no. Um, so got got back to England. Um, 
got back to the UK. And as you do, you know, sort of mid-twenties and thinking, there must be more to this. There must be more to this God than, than just a few creeds and hymns. And there must be more. And so uh, I think the search began, as it were, sort of who, who is, who is this God? And um, I ended up going, actually, university flatmate who had moved over here as well. Uh, we met up here and he said he he goes to a, he, he, he attended a church um, here, an evangelical church. And I thought, really? What, where they clap and stuff like that? And I thought, <laughs> you can't be doing that in church. You don't do that, you know? And so um, obviously I walked in there and went straight to the back, you know, and hid somewhere. And I thought, this is, you don't do this. this is Anyway, long and short of it, I ended up being one of those that was also. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it was it was interesting. It was interesting. Ended up meeting my wife uh, there as well, um, and the minister that conducted our wedding is still our minister now. So and that's thirty years plus. So he's he's a pretty decent chap. <laughs> and. The history of evangelicalism wouldn't be too closely tied to psychotherapy. No. So how, how, what kind of responses have you had from um, church people? Really interesting, really interesting. Uh, they do ask the question, how? You know, how do you, you know, I say, well, I was very fortunate uh, during my, I guess, training days. Um, I had a wonderful supervisor who was Jewish. And um, I remember having a supervision session. It's a one-to-one. He opened his briefcase. He was getting his notes out. And I happened to see his hammer uh, in his briefcase. And I thought, oh, my goodness. How do you the two together? He said, what's the problem? I'm Jewish. I just happen to be a therapist. I thought, what? See here. And that's been brilliant for me. Christian. First. And so... And I just happen to be a therapist after that, which is why even more so, I just want Christ to work through me. However he does it, I, I'm just a vessel. I'm just you know, more a host pipe. Actually. Just, just flow through me and you know, do what you want to do. And that, that works well for me. Um, so that's the way I've always seen things. And any way I can do that, I'll do. It could be subtle, it could be more overt, not, not particularly. But that, that statement kind of, Gave me the permission as and I was looking for at the time. Mm. Yeah. And you haven't had too many people. No. You find lots of people at church, you know. Do you mind if we sit down and have a chat about this? Yeah, of course we can. And so everybody realizes you need someone to talk to. I've done lots of mental health chats, especially pre uh, post-COVID. Um, I have done so many mental health talks in for men's groups at church. Uh, faith groups all over the place. It's, yeah, cool. yeah. It's... And as you settle into this role uh, fairly on, early on, have you, are you beginning to to chart your way about how you see yourself in the program and how you see the program potentially going yeah. forwards? Growth. That's that's the big thing. Growth. Growth. Um, we have a wonderful Rima Centre, which I really want to work with the team there to to build. Um, everyone's made me feel very, very comfortable here. 
I remember, I think it was on the day of my interview, actually, I think it was either Graham or Emily, maybe even Mark, that asked the question, why do I want to be here? And this was probably two or three hours into the day, and I just said, I felt very much at home here. Um, and then that's still the way I feel, you know, that's still the way I feel. I feel really... And not a not a not a not a not a lazy comfortable, a comfortable that I want to get things done, I want to see things done, I want to see this place um develop, I want to see people develop. Very much I mean, for me, not Matthew 28, 18, you know, is is huge for me. Um I teach Sunday school and every lesson I manage to shoehorn that in. <laughs> So all the kids know, mm -hmm. talk about the Great Commission at some point. Yes, yes I am. am. Yes, I am. <laughs> and that's your job description. <laughs> and so, yeah, so that, that's a big thing for me. And I think, well, we, we know our, our strap lines here. That's equipping people and just just getting people ready to do that. You know? yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's a fact, your first story. Thank you, indeed. Thank you very much. Yeah.